Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming out. My name is Shane Ivey. We're here to talk about Delta Green. And this is Greg Stolpsey, who's Hello. to my right, and Scott Glancy to his right, and Kenneth Height to his right, and Dennis Detwiller will eventually be to his right, I think. And uh, Ken Height is actually to my right, politically and physically. Yes, right, yeah. <laughs> this is actually not a... Not, I mean, at least the middle three, it's pretty, pretty closely organized, I think. <laughs> <coughs> so, Whereas Dennis is just a fascist. Well, he's not just a fascist. That's a reductionist. He's, that's he's an artist. He's a and beautiful a man. He's a parent. He's a game designer of sorts. <laughs> so uh, Delta Green, as I'm sure everybody here probably knows, is our uh, modern-day horror investigative role-playing game with with uh, the uh, Lovecraftian Cthulhu mythos and uh, and our best efforts to make it as uh, frightening and bleak and suspenseful as possible so that when you're conducting these horrible, spooky investigations and getting into crazy things, you uh, you always feel like there's, there's something at stake and at risk. And uh, hopefully, as players, you can join us as the game masters in, uh, in sort of cruelly laughing at your character's misfortunes, which is the whole reason we run the game. <laughs> the, car- the catharsis of tragedy. Or the catharsis of, yeah, that. <laughs> well, it's still happening to somebody else. It's tragedy, but it's happening to somebody else. It's happening that, that, to your, your character. Yeah. So that's still Tra- kind of funny. Tragedy plus time plus it happened to you is comedy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so, um... Let's see. So what do we want to talk about? We've got the newest things coming for Delta Green are, of course... The uh, the agent's handbook, which that's, is that's not coming. That's it's here. It's wet. Here. It is here, and Why if you, you if you backed it on Kickstarter, <laughs> it is uh, in your mailbox already. Uh, and if it's not in your mailbox already, then we'll fix that. Then yeah, wait 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 a week or so to make sure it d- doesn't just get held up, and then get in touch with me, and we'll make sure it gets to your mailbox. Um, and if you're overseas in the UK, it still might be in your mailbox already. So they're uh, they're working on it. We've got a, a warehouse in uh, in uh, in uh, on that side of the pond that's handling our international deliveries. And we also have uh, Need to Know, which is a quick start version of the rules, including pre-generated characters and a scenario and everything you actually need to to run the game. Um, which you can download this booklet for free. And uh, it's Dennis Detweller, ladies and gentlemen. Wired? You're wired. Sweet. Okay. I just ran here, so let me. Careful what you say, Mr. Ehrlichman. And Hi. Yeah. There's a lot of people here. We're just doing the, uh, the basic intro. So, so Need to Know comes with the Quick Start booklet and the Game Master screen, which or the Handler's screen. I'm sorry, I'm slipping out of my lingo. Um, which has a uh, uh, lovelyly creepo- creepy um, wraparound art to make sure your players don't get too comfortable and <laughs> reference materials on the inside so you can easily tell exactly what you can inflict on their characters. And uh, a lot of other things in the pipe. Fall of Delta Green, which Ken is spearheading for Pelgrane Press with our cooperation. Yeah. Will, of course, be a gumshoe game in the mold of Trail of Cthulhu and uh, with, with, with elements coming out of the Delta Green role-playing game kind of worked in there so that they're, they're uh, simpatico and their tone and approach. Uh, and 
material that's going to be in there about um, converting back and forth as well. So all the stuff we do for the Delta Green role-playing game, you can pretty easily mold over to play in your gumshoe Delta Green game and vice versa. Um, other things, gosh. Control Group, a collection of starter scenarios that Greg wrote, which are built to... Uh, each of them is sort of built to introduce a part of the core rules set. So if you have players that really want to kind of, you know, be, uh, be, be introduced gradually to what they're doing, the, the, that's yeah. what it's built for. I, I really wanted to make it... I mean, the, the way I learned to run games was, you know, the traditional apprenticeship model. And I'm like, I, I want to create more patient zeros for gaming. I want more people to say, oh... I could run a game. It's not rocket science, right? And uh, But there are a lot of hurdles, and the learning curve is steep. So what I tried to do was break it up so that, you know, in the first one, okay, you're not going to have to worry about character generation. You're going to play this with pre-generated characters so that you won't have to worry about play balance and, and guiding your players and keeping them from min-maxing min as if you want to... As if that's even possible. Yeah, um, not really an option here. Uh, you know, all, all 18s? <laughs> that'll be, that'll help. You'll be fine. Enjoy. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Well, as long as we don't run into a second deep one, we'll be okay. <laughs> uh, so the first one is all just skill rolls and sand checks. The second one, um, it again, has pre-generated characters. Introduces combat, which is, you know... A per is can be complicated to resolve, but it, here we're, you know, I took the approach that okay, this is probably the only thing that'll kill your characters in this one is combat. Although I have to admit, I have not had a single agent survive any of my play tests of it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's are early you competing days. with Detweller? No, 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 early no. days. You know, it's not my fault they went in the cave. It's it's the apprenticeship model. He's working his way up to actually killing every character all the time. <laughs> But yeah, I'm trying to have it be a uh, a phased set of introductions of the mechanics for people who are new to running games, while at the same time having them be good, scary, challenging uh, scenarios in their own <coughs> for the experienced players who are who you know who know how to run games. Uh, these will still be you know this, this is not the the training wheels version. So that was my goal. Yeah. So that's, that, that's really far along. Right now it's not a matter of writing it as much as sort of revising it for the final shape of the rules because mm -hmm. the manuscripts were originally written for kind of, uh, while yeah, they were in it, progress. I was running it this morning and I'm like, yeah, I'm making an alertness test. Do you mean awareness? <sighs> or, or vice versa. We have alertness <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we there keep changing go. it every time you've got it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and it's kind of a little on the nose that Greg doesn't actually know whether it's, it's awareness or awareness. I, I think this is this yeah. is just a really droll joke by Greg. <laughs> I'm dancing as fast as I can. Um, and uh, so control group, and then uh, impossible landscapes, which is a full length campaign dedicated to. The King in Yellow. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently uh, I've written a large chunk of it. Uh, Ross Payton and Caleb and others are, let's just say, testing it for me on Role Playing Public Radio. Uh, we're going into session three tonight at ten. Uh, that'll be recorded. Um, are, are any are any present who are involved? No. 
Okay, something really bad is going to happen to them tonight, and it's going to be really, really Whoa, fun. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, something I'm even shocked. more bad. Worse than that. Um, so, uh, anyway, it's a King Yellow campaign uh, designed to begin with Night Floors. The original Night Floor scenario will be the intro to the campaign. Uh, it will pick up again in 2015 with a, a, a scenario called A Volume of Secret Faces, where you are brought in to Boston to investigate a Delta Green friendly asylum that has held three patients since the mid 2000s who all happen to have been in the McAllister building in night floors uh, and they're all missing um, so uh, and from there it's a running gallop uh, across uh, a surreal landscape of horror and uh, destruction so working on that Dorchester. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm working on that um, uh, and the case, well, well, we're not calling it that anymore. We're calling it Delta Green, the RPG. What you know is the case officer's handbook has morphed into DG, yeah. the RPG, and it is huge. And Ken just said, oh, hey, here's a chunk of other giant stuff, which has made it even bigger. Um, and, and if Donald Trump wins, the cover will be so glossy, <laughs> nothing but gold. And, <laughs> and we'll get wizards to pay for it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> With, with their vast RPG budget. Um, yeah, so... Uh, that may be the same flaw with the Mexico. <laughs> so we're working... Yeah, a surprisingly uh, vast RPG budget in Mexico. We're, we're, uh, we're in the midst of uh, revising... Impact the, when you use them. But. The, the Delta Green RPG. Uh, the manuscript is, is huge right now, so I need to work on that. Yeah, so that's coming along. And, um, and then other... Uh, you know, we have other plenty of other things that, that are sort of in the pipe. We have a big book about Pisces over in the, in the UK that uh, that's that, that's that's gonna we're, we're gonna pull the trigger on that and really go go after that as soon as the, the we're we're completely done finalizing the <coughs> handlers chapters of the yep. of the big core book because we don't. That's where all my work is wheel. at the moment is in the handlers. Right, right, right. Um, and the, the same thing with the, with the we have a book yeah. called Deep State that we're working on. That's going to be about um, sort of the, the the penumbra of of secret programs in counterterrorism and the military and technology that we throw the foreign ones in there too. Delta Green. What's that? Are we throwing the foreign ones in there as well? In Deep State. Yeah. I mean, it'll, I'm sure it'll touch on them. It's focused. <laughs> there's a lot to cover. Pisces, Pisces, we're giving them their own standalone. But Pisces just, has its own. But book. between M Epic and uh, SV8, we don't. We have home, Do we have homes for those? Well, the, no, they they would all be their own book. The Deep yeah, State we'll, we'll is covering control, something right. like the Majestic Diaspora. So, right. okay. so right. when Majestic disintegrates at full speed, you know, a couple dozen PhDs grab their zip files and run off to start uh, little biotech firms with right. blood typing reagents that haven't been seen yet to become multimillionaires, and hopefully keep their head down as uh, people come around to collect the bill um, and yeah. you know stuff comes to life and gets out from those reagents so. yeah and uh, yeah so we've got a lot a lot in the plan there's there's two or three others that, that I'm not even thinking of, of right now but uh, but yeah, so that's kind of that's the pipe, and then we've got PDF that we're doing. We've already published, I think, three of the PDF adventures. Caligati is yours, yeah, right? Caligati, yeah, that was mine. That was very early. Star Chamber, and we adapted Lover in the Ice that Caleb Stokes wrote um, for uh, for Delta Green as well. And those are all Shane. You also have um, Visid. Which is a full yeah yeah. Delta Dennis Green wrote adventure. A, an adventure called Vis. Is it Viscid or Viscid? It's, it's Viscid. All right, but so it's that's a scenario that, uh, that Dennis <laughs> wrote that we're working on. And, 
<laughs> I have one called Observer Effect that went through lots of playtesting, and I have lots of notes from playtesting to incorporate. Um, that I'm in the middle of that. Greg, Greg knows how fun that is. Yeah, whatever happened to Wormwood Arena? And Wormwood Arena has has even more uh, to, to to go. So <sighs> Wormwood Arena has been tricky. Do you want to talk? Do you want me to talk about that? Or War- just leave Wormwood it Arena was what I wrote uh, as the intro scenario. Uh, back before, and I started on it before we had hammered out the rules and kind of got a little bit ahead of the ahead of the pace of production with that. So it has gone through many revisions, and we're still sort of yeah. trying to figure out: is it going to go into? Um, Delta Green, the RPG, or is it going to be? I don't know. We're not going to. It's going to be its own thing. We're not going to have any room for an adventure in Delta Green, the the RPG. is pretty pretty damn packed. So, um, but yeah, Wormwood Arena. I mean, it started off actually years ago. Greg and I were, uh, we were, I don't know, we were bouncing ideas around, and and we're like, you know, what might be fun is um, an undercover undercover in a cult, right? And um, and so that was the idea for it, but how did I? I don't know. We're, we're, that goes all the way back to your short story in uh, Alien Intelligence. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he didn't. He didn't know that when he went undercover in the cult. He didn't know it was like <laughs> that they were right about anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's that's in the works, but it, it needs it, it it kind of yeah. I don't know it's it's challenging. So we're still doing surgery. Well, I'm still to trying that, to save still that trying patient. to give you a solid pitch on the whole boxes within boxes green box yeah. campaign. Yeah, so. yeah, I like that idea, but we're we're kind of one at this point one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah the, the next big target is DG the RPG. Yeah, that, um, that's, that's coming. That's what that's where our, most of our attention is on. Right now, yeah. do we yeah, say winter 2017? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, it's probably. It, it. I mean, it's it's probably fall winter for uh, coming up. Yeah, that's in, what I in meant. In PDF, it's 16 now. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't want to panic them and think. <laughs> oh, think it was next. Half, no, 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 right? No. Yeah, which somewhere they would believe if I said somewhere, <laughs> somewhere between Halloween and, and Valentine's Day is we're, we're hoping for. Yeah, yeah, and, and then uh, so that that so that's pretty. Imminent. Expect Valentine's Day. And, <laughs> and, uh, It'll um, be the best day ever <laughs> when it happens. Yeah, flowers, um, chocolates, and, and then, Delta uh, Green. Oh, uh, uh, and, the, and the redacted files. We have uh, um, Chris Chris Gunning. Who was sort of the lead author on the federal agencies chapters of the agent's handbook uh, has prepared a, a ton of additional ones for other agencies that were sort of, um, you know, that, that 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 we really wanted to have in there but just didn't quite have room for, and they were we had to kind of pick and choose what's most central to de- what Delta Green does and what's awesome but not quite central so this, so that's where we'll get around to things like the what's it, the state department security division yeah that's in one of them already yeah. Yeah. well i, the I think that they might service. be in the book yeah why but, not but, right so so we've got those and they're in the I'm woods gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be going through uh through those and and putting those out as well they're so. self-starters they have initiative <laughs> uh dennis can you tell us what's going to be on the cover of uh delta green the role for game uh yeah I, I think i finished painting that it's up on the web Oh, uh, is it one I've seen? I I'm think so, I don't know. Maybe. Um, hey, that's mine. <laughs> uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a similar kind of mirrored cover. Uh, there's Amigo on the back. Uh, it's it's fun and happy. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, that that's available on the web. You can just look on my Twitter feed. You'll be able to see it. When are we going to use that great shot from the inside of the helicopter? With I think the, it's in the book. Uh, it needs to be a cover. It's one of the best things you've ever painted. Yeah, I'll paint another. Then do so. Um, oh, the flying polyp? Yeah. yeah. The, fly, the flying polyp. Uh, Shane, should I talk about uh, Fall of Delta Green since I have to take off in about sure. 15 minutes? Yeah. Talk yeah. now. Uh yeah. The uh, Fall of Delta Green, as Shane intimated, is gumshoe adaptation of Delta Green, and it's set in the 1960s when Delta Green was a legitimate operation of the federal government and was supposed to be doing its job. And indeed was doing its job just as well as the federal government was doing everything else in the 1960s, <laughs> such as winning a war in Vietnam hey, and space program. stopping poverty and putting a colony on the moon. All of those work, so why not fight the mythos? Uh, Delta Green, of course, is disbanded in 1970, so that's where it ends. It takes you from, you know, uh, the uh, Bay of Pigs, basically, to the Cambodia incursion with all of the joy that both of those incur. Uh, It's meant to be an adaptation of Delta Green first and interoperable with Trail and Knight's Black Agents second. So it will be interoperable with those, but if I need to make the stability rules more god-awful to match Greg's uniquely positive sensibilities, that's what I'll do. Um, If we need to um, uh, introduce yet another type of explosives uh, rules into Gumshoe to match the kill or the lethality rating, then that's what we'll do. So that's the goal, is to map the Delta Green experience into Gumshoe, not to map the Delta Green world into Trail of Cthulhu. Those would be two different books, and we want to make uh, something that's true to the bleak horror of Delta Green while being covered over with the sunny facade of the 1960s. <laughs> like how Night's Black Agents is like, that's the happy. Yeah. No, it's, oh, thank God, it's just vampires. <laughs> oh, oh, I can totally do this. <laughs> um, it's the, okay, here, let, let me rub this down. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little garlic. Um, the uh, The Larger sort of, I mean, there's a lot of uh, Phillips that are going in. There, um, uh, for example, as the campaign progresses, there will be uh, rather than have, as you know, most of the Gumshoe games have different modes that you play in: pulp and purist for trail, uh, burn stakes, dust, and um, uh, and uh, mirrors. Thank you for uh, nice black agents. This one is just going to be straight Delta Green, but there's going to be some variants in the back. And there's going to be a optional method by which you just make the world worse uh, over the course of the campaign. So if you're setting the game in 1961, yeah, maybe two guys with a brush cut and a 45 can actually stop something. You're setting it in 1969, no way. <laughs> now you got to bring in uh, a body armor and lots of M16s maybe and some deniable uh, Montagnard Hill people. And <laughs> who can say what's going to have to happen? It'd be better to just get stoned. It would be. Just shoot your officers and belt into the jungle. <laughs> so I the. Figure out how to use my rifle as a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Just now, <laughs> start clicking. Um, the uh, so so there's you know going to be little things like that, and then there's going to be variant uh, sort of variant campaign frames at the end, like we have in the uh, uh, Gumshoe book. So one of them is going to be called Green in Four Colors. So if you've ever thought that you'd rather that Jim Steranko be writing it than uh, Dennis Dettwell, that's what we're going to be doing. Um, uh, the infinity uh, formula is getting away. Take your jet back. Yes. Uh, one's going to be called, um, uh, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's the um, 
it's based on the oh I know what it's called it's called Ex Oblivioni so it's more William S. Burroughs uh, oh, than nice. it is H.P. Lovecraft uh, the notion that you're if, if you've read the uh, the Gonsfeld effect mm-hmm. in um, uh, Strange Authority Extraordinary Renditions mm-hmm. about the agents that are sort of going into inner space yeah um, we put a little of inner space into the geography chapter but this would be Is the um, the notion that the dreamlands, you know, may or may not be a thing, but what's much more important is this weird, consensual, hallucinatory, archetypal reality that you can touch with the right combination of drugs and visual effects. And that's uh, the wrong combination, just to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be sort of the no- Nova Express meets Delta Green as opposed to um, uh, um, Band of Brothers or, or um, uh, Apocalypse Now meets Delta Green. So they're, they're just complete fragmenting reality. You have no idea what's going on. And then there's going to be sort of a standard one where the Soviets have weaponized the mythos already. And uh, the Americans are like, should we be just yeah. listening to Majestic and doing this or not? Well, if they have a Shoggoth, I want a Shoggoth. I want a Shoggoth, exactly. <laughs> Good first. God, there's a Shoggoth gap. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you, 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 you exist in the world where you're making a different set of, of, of moral choices. And again, that's going to be a little thing in the back. It's not going to be anything. They've got that in their back pocket as long as it's there. And what, what's the name of this town? Chernobyl? Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, that's the goal is to present something that is part of the Delta Green world but can be played in a different uh, set of possibilities if that's what you decide you want to do four color Delta Green I just that's a point on a very dangerous art if you, know, if you go down that slippery slope pretty soon you're going to have the quirky alien sidekick I listen I have that's I have the at least cartoon show it's not in my period I have at least <laughs> one conversation like that at, at every Gen con where it's like and then we retreated to the helicarrier and went to the dark side of the moon when we used the jump jets and we killed Nyarlathotep. What do you think? It. And I'm just like, I, I gotta go. I have a panel. <laughs> um, I, yeah. hope you, I hope you had fun. Did you have fun? <laughs> okay then. Yes. Had fun doing it right. So I'm, I have to take off for a, uh, a gumshoe panel in about ten minutes. So if anyone has any questions about Fall of Delta Green, um, you can either ask them now and get a we'll made-up answer up. by we'll me, answers, yeah. or you can ask them later <laughs> and have uh, the, uh, these guys make the wrong answer. answer. So. <laughs> the wrong made-up answers. Yeah. So, that, so that's... Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Does it deal with the politics of the fall, or is it all set before that? No, it, it goes up to the fall. The politics are, like most Delta Green, played out well above your pay grade. Right. So the politics are, don't start an unauthorized in- incursion into Cambodia without clearing it with someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And summon a god. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I like I like that. It's before we start one. Yeah, I like I like it's 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 a timing issue. It's not yeah. really whether you're going to do an illegal right. incursion. You're going to mess up our illegal incursion by having your own illegal incursion. <laughs> so annoying. Um, but it's there's not. I don't think that there's necessarily. Uh, any support for playing, you know, the the people in charge of Delta Green because you have never playing those smoke, guys. The smoky right. rooms, right? And, yeah, uh, deals on um, But Hill. I will say that bureaucracy is a uh, general ability, meaning that it can be opposed by other bureaucracies. So if you are down there saying, "I wonder what it's going to take to get an incursion into Cambodia to finally fix this problem," that might be something that you actually accidentally did. <laughs> Blowback. So don't do that. Don't do that. Or <laughs> do that. I mean, you know, or do that. You're fated to do it. Uh, so is this uh, sort of background plus rules plus link scenarios, or is this something else? It's, uh, it's the whole game. So uh, currently the outline is uh, rules, 
background, uh, the world of Delta Green in the 1960s, basically, and two scenarios. Depending on how big the book gets, the two scenarios may go into a PDF or into a book of scenarios. But I want to do one that's domestically set and one that's set overseas. And depending on whether or not we wind up, we're still sort of in... We, we never really figured out about Vietnam, which makes us just like everyone else. Um, <laughs> but if we're not doing a separate Vietnam book, it'll be a Vietnam scenario. And if we are doing a separate Vietnam book, it'll be a Congo scenario or some other place like that. <coughs> Why See, are you making a face? Because I know about the Congo. <laughs> <laughs> That's legitimate. Um, I guess my question is, how well can I cross over this with um, my other favorite gumshoe game, Bubblegum Shoes? Because I really need some teenage <laughs> in Vietnam fighting <laughs> I, I do like um, uh, Firebase Veronica as a possibility. Um, Come on, Scoob. <laughs> Charlie's um, in the wire. I, I don't... <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, wasn't there a story in, uh, in Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carry about a special forces uh, team that where one of the some some guy's girlfriend just came up to visit him from from overseas and she encountered one of those guys and just kind of moved in the legend goes they never nobody ever saw her again because she was running with the special forces guys behind the lines there you go <laughs> that's what you need yeah. that's, that's that's Velma Dinkley <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah um, I don't uh, I, I, Vel- I'll tell you Vel- how you would do bubble durable. gumshoe with it yeah. Uh, you could do bubble gum shoe, and this, of course, there's going to be no support whatsoever in here. So don't be kidding. <laughs> but you would do uh, bubble gum shoe as the as the teens being caught up in the peace movement, you know, and they're going to concerts and they're hanging out, and it's like, hey, man, free love and all that, and just take some of this special yellow acid and <laughs> yeah. see what happens. Watch the flashing Jinkies. lights. Yeah, Jinkies indeed. It looks like a question mark or the letter Y. <laughs> Ruby Rex indeed. Cool. Yeah. Do we have an ETA? Uh, I'm pretty sure that Simon will kill me if it's not at Gen Con next year. Uh, I think it'll probably be done, or at least the first draft will be done and then turned over to the um, uh, to the grown-ups for evaluation. <laughs> you know um, what? Is that me? Either we have grown-ups now. <laughs> well, our our plan that we I meant cat. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, thank what God. You, what do you think I meant? I feel um, much the, better. Uh, I didn't this know. Project. The sentence made no sense. <laughs> and, and so the, the the goal is to have it done uh, this winter. So the, the 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 draft done, and then, of course, since everything I write is perfect, just go write it in production. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to add, at the risk of editorializing, that Simon would be right to kill you. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, we're we're going with the no error policy now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You've heard about this. Mm-hmm. You just don't put any typos in the book and then it's kind of ready to go uh, it's amazing that's my standard policy yeah, uh, well I, I hadn't figured this out up until the last two books until, so you, saw, until you saw my draft <laughs> I was like this can, is, can, this is you flawless typos? <laughs> it's creeping it's me weird. out and, and if next year we have both the, the fall of Delta Green and Delta Green the role playing game on the list of Ennies nominees yes. make sure you vote uh, what is it? No, 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 no. We just keep vote, sending vote it back for one for both of them. We'll just keep sending the fall of Delta Green okay. back for for editorial changes <laughs> until it misses Gen Con. That's, that's how we avoid going up against Ken Ike. Is that how you avoid it? It's, it's okay. I, be, I believe. And then Simon does your dirty work. <laughs> <laughs> we all move up. A <laughs> Either way, Ken. Well, we're not taking you on head to head. That's not happening. <laughs> Best way, to, best thing to do is avoid that conflict. Here's the thing: when you guys get it for Delta Green, I can be up on stage anyway. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm still getting the medal, buddy. Me, me, me. Yes. Any other questions about fall? 
Yeah. Okay. Or about the mythos chapter in the book, I guess. <laughs> or the un- unnatural, I should say. Yes, the unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. unnatural. I guess I have a question. Since you changed the name from Cthulhu Mythos to the unnatural, how much Cthulhu Mythos that one might you know, recognize from a Lovecraft story will be in the unnatural? It, it, it is just generalized it, it is Lovecraft yeah. Right? Yeah. It's in its yeah. purest form. All of what you recognize from a Lovecraft story is in the unnatural. Yes. What you may recognize that are in stories that are not public domain would be more strongly restricted. <laughs> yeah. But one of the cool things about uh, the entire history of human mythology, culture, and imagination is there's a lot of weird frickin' names out there yep. that sound eerily familiar. Yeah, and, and for they, free. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Requiring no license fees. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I was able to find a genuine, honest-to-God, uh, Hittite uh, 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 variant for Abhoth, a genuine, honest-to-God uh, Inuit variant for Ithagwa, genuine, honest-to-God, um, uh, uh, um, uh, I think it's uh, Pima, version of uh, Atlak-Naka. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on, and I was able to make up... Uh, Persian-sounding word that means Cthulhu. Because the no way, one cares your, about Cthulhu. You're actually filing those serial numbers. That's <laughs> right. What is your? Uh, just out of curiosity, what's your Ithaqua? Um, there's a uh, there's a um, sky god called uh, the uh, uh, the father of everything, which is translated Tlam Shua. That's pretty good. And you can you can make that Itlashua uh, with very little damage to Inuit uh, uh, phonemes. Okay. So Itlashua, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no um, it, it's not real. This is my, my, my whole life <laughs> that would be our first like problem. This, so, <laughs> so I, I think it's like the, um, uh, the the Three Stooges, the Dracula and the Mythos are jammed into the same door trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like Archie and Jughead hitting mm-hmm. that door at the same time. Well, well I, 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 is anybody involved in either of the Delta Green Adventures that are going on here? Uh, any backers, any Kickstarter backers from the Adventures? Uh, okay. Really? Um, well, uh, like Operation Crucis or Fulminate, I think yeah, is what Yeah, the special backers. Yeah, you, you were there. So, um, uh, so me, you came very close. Uh, so, like the example there, I did a Kinyani kind of scenario in the uh, national parks, mm-hmm. and I started looking up, like, well, uh, this story lists them as giants, so that's neat. And then, you know, North American giants, and then spent uh, three days going, uh, uh, this is upsetting. The mound people and the moon face people at war and red-headed giants who eat. It was well, if you, if you map, um, I don't know if people have been following it, but there's been a series of earthquakes in Oklahoma yeah, right, yeah. about 2005. And the number of earthquakes and the severity of earthquakes in Oklahoma just spiked. Yeah. And people uh, blame fracking, which is probably true for some of them, but uh, the fracking water goes down about you know a quarter of the depth of the epicenters of these earthquakes. Yeah. So it can't be fracking. Yeah, it's the key. But if you plot the locations of all the plausible locations for the mound, yeah, it's, um, it's there's, there. the earthquakes make a big circle around <laughs> it. That's not upsetting at all. No, that's uh, damn delightful. But the notion that oh, that's right, there's a uh, there's a there's a, a great old one yeah. sleeping underneath the continental United States homeland, and yeah. there's nothing Delta Green can yeah. do about it. Yes. Hi, yeah, yeah. Because Kenyatta, a race of magical teleporting paranoid cannibals, yes. lives right on top of his head. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's oh, fun. such fun in the mound. Yep. It, it's a great story. Yeah. So. So uh, yeah, uh, you're const- we're constantly finding real history to back up all this stuff. Yes, that's that's the fun and the key. All right, start down the rabbit hole, and suddenly it's the Grand Canyon. You're the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon, as we all know, was uh, caused by a Loigor War against the Lomarians, <laughs> 700,000 BC. Look it up. 
It's true. Okay. <laughs> Here, I'll let you out. And that's you when they cut Ken's mic. <laughs> <laughs> Having said too right. much. Oh. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ken. Bye. 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 Ken Hart, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, so, any uh, questions about uh, Delta Green, the role-playing game, the source books we're doing, anything broader? Yeah. Is Delta Green, the role-playing game, the same thing as the handlers? Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, I mean, basically, the uh, so six months from now, what the game line is going to look like is there's Delta Green, the role-playing game, which is going to be this giant tome, and there's, there's then there's this, its spin-off book, the Agent's Handbook. It just spun off early. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, it budded first. And uh, but yeah, so that's where we're headed. In the Kickstarter, we had to figure we figured out early on that we kind of had to do something to differentiate them a little more cleanly because when we said there's the role playing game and then there's the agent's handbook, but it's going to be a standalone thing on its own, and everybody was like, "I'm so confused," and that's before we actually really tried to confuse anyone. <laughs> so, we, so we called yeah, that the, those, those backer awards. Yeah. yeah. So we called that the case officer's handbook to sort of make it clear it was sort of the game master's version of the rule book. But yeah. So, so that, that, that's kind of where the weird nomenclature came from, was us kind of adjusting to our own um, poor thinking. Yes. <coughs> hey. uh, how old does the British history get to be? Well, it's going to depend on the people who... Are, six, well, yeah. 2016, if it comes out in 2016. Yeah, you know, uh, right up to Brexit. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> so that I, I'm Makes not more quite, sense with I'm not sure, quite sure how Pisces is going to handle that independent Scotland and that independent Northern Ireland and... Uh, whatever balkanization happens. They've always gotten along well with each other, haven't they? (laughs) (laughs) They'll probably have to Pretty soon it's not going to be Great Britain. It's just going to be adequate. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect they'll take out a lease on St. Herta or wherever Magonia is located. We're Uh, just going to gradually phase out United Kingdom and just start (laughs) calling it the kingdom. Great. It'd be like that hospital thing that Lars von Trier... (laughs) (laughs) Great. Any other questions? Yeah, the plan is to go all the way I to mean, the modern. Shane just, you know, touched on the the Kickstarter. Obviously, money-wise, hugely successful. Sure. Now, yes. I would say less. Thank you all. Yeah. <laughs> um, lessons learned. I mean, I just seem to. I mean, back in the day of um, you know, uh, the ransomware, you know, the, the tradition is we trust you guys to send yeah. it when it's done, and we'll yeah. get it when it's done. No yeah. problem. I was just looking at the rollout, yeah. the predicted timescale. It was like a book a month. I, well, yeah, no, I know, I know. And I mean, that was that was me caving into the pressure to actually give dates because everybody was like, I insist on dates. And I said, I don't want to give Boy, dates because so they'll be them? wrong. Here, yeah. I mean, yeah. here, here's the deal. Um, you know, lo- long story short, Shane's put under an immense amount of pressure. And uh, this, this is the crew. This is everybody. Right. Like, in fact... It's probably my it's, hair was brown last it's week. Prob- <laughs> it's, it's probably me, me and Shane most of the time, like ninety percent of the time, with these guys writing in a, in a basement with a pistol yeah, and would, some alcohol. Yeah. Um, Occasionally, and, there's and, a bound of uh, a file just appears. Yeah. And that's it. There's no actual contact. Yeah. Yes. There's no um, file will just show up. So Shane, Shane's put under this pressure, but you know, going back to the pagan publishing days, we just don't. I, I'm not gonna release it if I don't like it. If I think it's crap, it's not coming out. Yeah. And Delta Green Countdown was like, How I, late was I, that? I, 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 it wasn't late at all because it was actually one of the fastest turnarounds we ever had. Yeah, but it, you know, it was four hundred pages. But Tynes announced it in in an unspeakable oath two years before, so it's only a problem when you 
kind of set a timeline for yourself. I remember the adorable days of uh, of, of the original Delta Green. Yeah, you know, where, where he like, had a list, and yeah, and, and, well, and it came out uh, uh, the the I mean the the oath you know was ninety two, yeah. and then. I was among a lot of us here who were like, "Oh, that's amazing! I want more of that." You know, and then then, then the ads started coming out. Yeah, coming but it, out in 1994 and 97, 99. Did you ever consider having sort of one massive Kickstarter, a dozen little ones? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, the, the, we held we held a Kickstarter for for the Agent's Handbook. Right, that was our Kickstarter, and it did well enough that we said, "Okay, well, we can either just keep collecting money for it." And then it'll eventually kind of peter out, you know. Or we can add additional books onto it as they get funded. And we we made sure to feel really conservative with how how we handled the money. So we were collecting way more than on paper we prob way more than we would than the math said we needed to fund Something one of these books. Something you learn from crowdfunding because, is yeah. err on the side yeah, of yeah. caution. Oh no, no, I mean whatever you figure you're going to need. If you're doing a Kickstarter thing, like double or triple that amount, because there's always going to be craziness that explodes in your face I mean, later. Was, yeah. I don't want to sound negative, but that no. was my concern that yeah. you guys are, pro- you know, well, yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna no, yeah, no, we're, no, we're gonna deliver books, but but the financially thing, we're healthy, right. um, yeah. and you're probably better off expecting a uh, expecting a product from a company that has enough money and not enough time. Right. Than you are from a con- company that has plenty of time but no money. Right. Well, so. I mean, I mean, you know, having I, I, I'm I'm with Monty Cook Games now as the managing editor, and they they do incredible incredible kickstarters with like surgical precision to get this stuff. That's out. In addition to not yeah. as an alternative. To yeah, Delta yeah, Green. yeah. In addition to Monty is a great fan of Delta Green. Uh, yeah. Um, he he's kind of like. Go get me my agent's handbook. Bring it over to the booth. So, um, but the long story. Dennis said yes, man. The long story short. <laughs> long story short is, um, uh, you're you're investing in a line, and and um, we're we're eager to create it. Um, but we have a bit of a perfectionist problem here, and I, I think it's served us well to date. Or is it a perfectionist? Have you guys? You guys have all looked at RPG Net and noticed that that you no. Know, <laughs> Countdown and Delta Green. I think Countdown's still at number one. It's number one and number two, and an RPG yeah. geek, it's number one and number five. Yeah, so uh, that's how those those books are rated. And, that, and that's a lot to live up we to. We have this, in, there's an intimidation factor where, holy fuck, we did that. How are we, anything, we going to do better than that? Anything we come up with afterwards could be a fail compared to that. Yeah. So the pressure to meet those expectations or exceed them is pretty high. And so, yes. When you said we have a, a perfection problem, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about perfection, but we've <laughs> got to be able to deliver yeah. the same kind of experience because, that we delivered before. Yeah, because I mean, the ne- the next time we go to Kickstarter, when we have completed all this stuff, uh, you know, we need to point back and go, you know, you helped us do that, and we did it. And the upside here is, I'm super super happy with the way the screen need to know agents handbook came out. I, I think they're at, thank you. I think they they came out as close to what I was imagining when we started this as possible. You know, thanks yeah. to everybody at the table, um, and, and I want to continue doing that. But the you know to be clear, the DG RPG is a leap in complexity by like a factor of two. Uh, now I have you know we brought in the the hired muscle. You know, Ken Height came in and was like, yeah, I got this. 
Um, and Greg's been doing great work. Scott's been doing amazing history work. Um, and Shane's been doing incredible editing work. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always tough, and there's always there's always setbacks. There's always timing issues. Uh, what what I hate is artificially constraining ourselves to just kind of get something out. And uh, you know, as, as long as I'm here as one of the creators, I won't. I, I just can't let that happen. This is the you and your integrity. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I understand. Oh, I, you know, as a consumer <laughs> who has pitched it on Kickstarters, I fully understand where you're coming from. Again, okay, this is the reverse because normally. I've been having this conversation and I'm looking yeah you're going like where, off, you know, it's ridiculous. where's the product I don't want you guys to rush but, okay. to I was but, going to say have, have, have we been sufficiently defensive for you but you know I'd love to talk about lessons learned because I think that that's actually a huge point um, simpler backer tiers uh, oh no, my god yeah well I mean that that, that above all but I, I will say that we did so something so extremely right which is we did not do tchotchkes we did not do no. stupid little shit to drive your total physical, up. Physical nonsense. That, um, uh, and, you know, and the, one of the reasons I did that was I was at Harebrained Schemes previously, and we did that a lot, and that was a fucking logistical nightmare beyond all hell. It, it literally aged a man in front of me. It was like, it was incredible, you know, and it was all about keychains. That's all. Yeah, right. Worldwide. So we did pretty well there. The backer uh, levels were kind of hooped. Um, but you know it all came out okay and we have more than enough in the pipe to go for a year at least at mm-hmm. least yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, now I just have to go paint for the next uh, seven years, years. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah anyway thanks thanks for the backing and you know I appreciate it yeah yeah what else what do we want to talk yeah well I'm kind of surprised. I mean, yes, you did mention the Ennies next year, but <laughs> what? Oh, oh, what? The oh, Ennies this year? Oh, yeah. yeah, we won. Oh, we you're won. Prompting us to brag? Uh, yeah, we, yeah. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, we won Ennies this year. What do we? We won. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's funny. We're not even thinking about that. We're thinking about the next thing we got to get done. Yeah, yeah, right. 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 Like, yeah. Did that happen? It's in my rear view. It's in my rear view mirror. Also, it. also mentioning it's mentioning like, it in here with Ken sitting at the table is kind of it's yeah. like bragging about your savings account when you're 18 to like I, I don't know like Warren uh, Buffett. Yeah, Warren Buffett. Hey, <laughs> hey Warren, I have 80 dollars in my. That's good. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> that's um, so yeah, we want a gold and we want a silver. Uh, mm-hmm. We want silver for best supplement and gold for best free product. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome, and thank you for all the votes. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming, unless some of you are secretly voting against us, and if you shut the doors. If any of you didn't vote for us, then uh. fuck you for the silver. <laughs> uh, we should have had gold. <laughs> it's your fault. Now, Ken assured me silver was the new gold, so we're okay. Um, unless you get gold. Yeah. Do you want President Trump? This is how you get President Trump. Silver is the best you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, that was, that's very exciting. With the with the with the silver, I was honestly genuinely surprised because we were up against not only Pelgrane but Evil Hat and Tazo yeah. and it was, these it was ridiculous people com- who, who who we all love and adore and who win way more awards than we do. So yeah. I, well, I had a, I kind of had a lock 
because there was like it was a Monty Cook game. Yeah, yeah, Monty there Cook was, was me another of the competition. And Delta Green, and then who else? Oh, it was Ken's Dracula dossier, which I painted the cover for. Congratulations! So I was like, you had your hands. Come on, in there. congratulations! Yeah. That's Dead called betting the spread. Promiscuity has finally paid off. <laughs> Is that called betting the spread? I did bet the yeah. spread. I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What Next, else? What, should, else? What, 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 do you, what do you want us to talk about? Any we'll questions about anything? Any questions about going to work? Except for the dog head story, because yeah, uh, no, done to death. Tired to talk of the How, dog how's heads. magic going to work? Uh, I've already finished the magic section. Uh, magic is kind of a. a I, I already finished two magic sections. And yeah. I still don't know how they it's were work. far we've too written, happy. We've written the magic rules um, about six times. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I mean, if you guys want to hear about, uh, yeah. okay, so I I, I built uh, a modular system. Uh, which allows you to pretty much construct a ritual that can do everything from uh, move uh, a, a penny across a table to you know destroy Mars pretty easily. Um, What's Mars ever done? For the, us? the 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 real upside of of existing in the Delta Green universe is I can literally give you any power, and it doesn't really matter because I'm going to just hump you on sanity. You're going to just get cleaned out. Um, so everything you do just escalates and escalates and escalates. We have a new addiction mechanic where, heck, it was really cool that I saw the numbers for the lottery yesterday, uh, for next week's lottery. Maybe I should try that on, say, my boss's bank account or I don't know. Like, So basically players kind of falling off that cliff into starting to use things to make their lives easier. Once you can change reality yeah, with it, a few uh, you know, uh, the, you know, ways of the hand and, and, yeah. and alien words, why would you? The idea that you can just do it once and walk away is just that's that, ludicrous. That it's undetectable, that it you was, can literally walk into a place with nothing. It was for Aunt May's cancer, but oh man, am I Jones? I'm working on a scenario that is nothing, <laughs> is, is nothing but that right now. It's a single person with a single hyper-geometric principle uh, abusing it in San Francisco and on the run. Uh, and you kind of have to deal with it. But um, what I really like is the feedback loop uh, of... I got this great effect. I, you know, I up to you know, I can I can generate huge swaths of lethality. I can blow people to bits. I can cause horror and terror and I'm take a superhero and take the sand villain. loss. Um, but secondarily, the other the other thing is um, we're we're talking about allowing fuel, fueling ritual through power, spending power, uh, expending hit points, uh, expending sanity. So you can just you fill the hopper. You go like, okay, what do you got? You know, and you you put it What's in. What's today's sausage yeah. going to um, be made of? And it's it's dis- it's disgusting and cruel. Um, and it's it's about uh, you know what fifteen or twenty pages. It's it's a very efficient system. And um, Mythos Magic was always supposed to be uh, repulsive. Yeah, so something that yeah. you didn't want to. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I had a conversation with I don't I don't know if he's in the in, in the room here, but it was somebody who came by the booth and was asking about uh, how does this game work? What's it like? Can, can I play a character like in Chill who's a psychic, you know? And I was like, well, <laughs> you don't want it's that. not in the agent's handbook, but it's going to be in the case officer's handbook. <laughs> if you want an open door in your head. And if, and, if, and, if, and if you want to play, if, if you want to have a shortcut to going insane and, 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 mur- and murdering yeah, please yourself, be a psychic. that's the tool you can pick for it. Yeah. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, what level is going to be? Fireball's going to be. 
<laughs> Fireball? <laughs> Fireball's free. Everybody, no, it's just... It's called a Willy Peter. Yes. Just... Um, I guess my question is about both the setting and maybe advice for Game Masters. It's like, when the first Delta Green came out, and like a lot of like classic urban fantasy role-playing games came out, like, you know, secrets were much easier to have. Like, if your head splits open right yeah. now and a bunch of goblins come screaming out, there's like 30 <coughs> phones that are putting that on the internet. Like, yeah, right it, now. it doesn't matter. I, I encourage you to go look at the, the, the faking hacker on the YouTube channel. Um, hoaxer. Uh, faking hoaxer. So basically, the gist of it would be within 20 minutes, someone would post shopped. Uh, the next post would be, this is promotion for Cloverfield 3. Mm-hmm. I read about it, blah, blah, blah. It, the disinformation is so easy. I've seen so many videos of so many things. I've seen Air Force One destroyed, lying in a field, having been shot down with, with a, a, a missile. Completely convincing footage produced by a man with, you know, what, a $2,200 computer at home for fun. I've seen, you know, uh, structures on the moon that are utterly convincing by the same man. If you go to his YouTube channel, his stuff is constantly posted. Oh, here's the Nazi flying disc. It's footage from 1943. It's just fake. Nobody cares. Um, We live in a post truth society. You put anything out on the internet, there are 40 people who believe it, there are 40 people who don't believe it, and there are 40 people who are like, hey, you know, I want to buy your book. Um, so I constantly, to give you a great example, I constantly get back stuff I wrote as... That's happened several times for us. As uh, a, one of our, one, Delta Green appeared in a New York Times bestseller yeah. uh, as a real thing, a nonfiction book. Uh, and, and guess guess what? Like the world didn't end. There's an occult organization in the U.S. government exploiting you know the weird beliefs of the Burmese people, along with who was it? It was uh, it was in a book that was supposed to be. It was pitched as a Julia Child. Julia Child. While she was in the OSS in Ceylon, <laughs> and strangely enough, the book, from what I can tell, doesn't actually. Tra- it was pitched as a child book. Yeah. And then um, it's mostly about her husband. But it, yeah, it's mostly about her husband. And uh, someone just did a web search, found Burma Delta Green, and just was like, "Yep, that's a fact. And what, that, that's a scoop. Nobody has written that. What about. They, they can't put what things they, on the internet unless yeah. they're true. Right. What they appear to have blown is they appear to have blown P Division. Yeah, because there was such a thing as P Division uh, with the British, where they had it was the Preparedness Division. It was the thing that decided what RAF. Royal Navy, Army assets, Indian Army, British Army assets would be used for an operation. And it would divvy up that stuff. Somebody did a P Division search, because that was something that was associated with Child's husband, found P Division, and then found it and just and went, just dumped it in. Went right to Delta Green and started mentioning that there's a special division in the OSS as a psychological warfare unit, uh, a cult psychological yeah, warfare to to exploit uh, superstitions for. And the reviews, the reviews on Amazon are just fantastic. Oh, the first guy is like, my favorite part was the fictional agency that fights Cthulhu on page two hundred and eighty-four. Uh, five stars. Uh, so, so, so I, you know, my my big a lot of those. Snarky reviews have been taken down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed, uh, it couldn't help but notice that that, that when people and all the Delta Green fans started piling on yeah. to this screw up, uh, those those uh, reviews have been removed. From, yeah. I didn't realize you could do that. On my my big takeaway um, is Lovecraft wrote contemporary uh, techno thriller fiction. Yeah, you know there were triplanes and submarines and Crooks you know tubes. Yeah, I you know he was convinced that. Technology was going to be man's undoing. It still is in Delta Green. 
Um, if you YouTube a gug or whatever, it's not going to matter. Someone's going to come up with an explanation is that for it. A lot of the phenomena just fry electronics. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean. Uh, that happens, uh, and I, I think that's certainly cool. built that into *Whisper in Darkness*. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to just make a global statement of that. You know, like that's. I, I've seen games where it's like, when the monsters are near, my cell phone goes out, and I like try Verizon. That gets that gets. That gets cheap if it happens. Wasn't that the old once, White Wolf you know? Veil? Yeah. So, so I think the more interesting thing is make exposure. Interesting. Make exposure another source of suspense and, and of. Uh, so, and, are you, you going to periscope the, you could. the occurrence or are you just going to record it? Because if you record it, you'll be dead before you can broadcast it. But periscope's a problem. Right. <laughs> you could. Just a quick yeah. does, does, does the pace of technological change, is that easy for you? Or yeah. Challenge? Or it- no, no. I mean, it, it's. Everything we have is. Uh, you know, I think I, I say this in the agent's handbook. It's it's not even the beginning of science to the creatures we're facing. It is so pathetically, oh, Flint, is that sticks. a gun? You know, <laughs> wonderful. You still Go use ahead. kinetic yeah. energy. Uh, uh, they they yeah. figured out how to hit two rocks together. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the examples is the Deep One culture isn't a culture as far as we understand it. Like the reason they haven't all gathered together and let's war on New York City because that's a human thing like they they are literally beyond all of this they you know the culture I posited is they just eat each other occasionally and some get bigger and eventually you have one that's 45 feet tall being worshipped by thousands of others in bizarre non-Euclidean rituals Um, but uh, you know science and technology um, they're not a threat uh, well, to, to the great. Let me, you're, you're, oh, let me, are you, are you oh no, 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 no. Yeah, can I, I mean, can I, can I, I, I love it. I, um, from a from a GM or scenario writing perspective, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, it's like okay, there are two ways that uh, you know technology can play into this. One, it can make things harder and more dangerous for the players, for the agents. In which case, yay, because you know I'm I'm always happy to have, uh, you know, another stick in the golf bag to beat them with. Um, but, you know, B is, you know, it makes things much easier for them. It makes them easier for them to find information. It makes them easier for them to get treatment. It makes it easier for them to survive something. I'm still, I'm fine with that. I want them to be able to suck up clues like a Hoover vacuum because, Clues drive them to the unveiling. I always think of these scenarios as, okay, at some point, you're going to see the thing, whatever the thing is this time. You are going to have the revelation. And if you've got a cell phone on you that's, you know, you can Google whatever, great. Yeah. No, you're I mean, gonna, Google Maps is going to guide you to the thing. Yay you. You'll show up without sore feet. Um and so their ability to help themselves is really just a pacing tool, right? Uh, and, and I always try to have scenarios be fair where it, for a certain value of fair, which is... <laughs> Your mileage okay. is very... I'm going to cut Greg off here and say no. Well, <laughs> let, me define, let me define fair. He said for a certain value. Fair is... If you're smart and no. put in the effort and roll well, you might get a, you will get a 
less bad outcome than if you are dumb and roll poorly. I've seen dumb players just luck their ass through the worst scenarios, and that sounds far more realistic than <laughs> than you've been rewarded for doing all the right things. I mean, Shane's character. Dennis is more happy with like that the end of like uh, the mist where the people did all the smart yeah, things. No, I mean that's a murdering their Cthulhu children, scenario. and the dumb woman who ran out into the mist is driving by in a truck full of soldiers at the right. end. Yeah, you know, that's... She, she didn't earn. No, no, Ross, Ross is here in yesterday's scenario. Ross literally did that. He's like, giant, horrible thing. I'm just gonna run past it. Like, it, are, how? Yeah, what? No, this how thing was eating people, apparently, and, and Shane is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna hide behind something and shoot it, and out of the two, I think Ross kind of did better in that situation. Oh, yeah. Alright, wait a minute. You're saying that in a call coup scenario, the dumb move was to run, and the smart move was to shoot. And no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, act being dumb and just trying to get the fuck out of there no, was his, the smart move. The dumb thing was running right past the thing. On yeah, the that road. was not that was not bright. Like, uh, like and I was, I asked him twice if he wanted to do that, and he was like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where the guns were. They yeah, like that was gonna help. He had reasons um, to be dumb. So certainly, any scenario that you've written and you look at and go. Well, this won't work. Cell phones exist. Is a yeah. bad scenario. Yeah. Well, you, right? you, it's a, it's a it's a little. And we need to kind of take a break on this. But but the um, it's a little bit of a different thing. One of the issues that we're at, that we're sort of talking around isn't so much about the scenarios as it is preserving the setting and preserving the conceit of the game, which is that the world as a whole doesn't know there's a Cthulhu in the ocean. The world mm -hmm. as a whole doesn't know there's. You know, cities we all of heard deep the blue ones all around, and yet we don't believe it, yeah. right? And so, the, so the the some of the, some of the you know some of this is to kind of address that. But the most important thing for us is is making sure that the scenarios are scary and unpredictable and suspenseful. Yeah. And and their technology for me is absolutely a tool for that. Because but you know, as everything far, that you can yeah. do to communicate is another way for you to send the horror to somebody else who doesn't deserve it. Well, I mean, that's the thing. There's there's knowledge, and then there's understanding. Yeah. So, you know, it's, seeing a gug is, you're going to dismiss it. You know, reading a manuscript about a gug, you're going to go, ah. And then, you know, having a gug on a slab is a very different thing. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. That, all right. Here is a entirely off-the-wall uh, example of this. Uh, there's a, a young adult novel from back in, like, the 70s or 80s called Alan Mendelssohn, The Boy from Mars. And the... the Main characters in this are Alan Mendelssohn and Leonard. Shane's Beagle. face is great. And they they found this book in this bookstore and they're reading it and it is just full of stupid stuff that you know like oh yeah you know the phrase how you doing is not actually how are you doing it's you know an invocation of these ancient gods Haya and Dune who were the patrons of Lemuria and you know all this stuff about oh yeah chocolate pudding was invented in Atlantis and they're just laughing their asses off at this stupid stupid stuff and then it's like Lemurian sages predicted that in the year 1976 Leonard Niebel and Alan Mendelssohn would read their words and they're looking at it it's like <laughs> close it put it back on the shelf <laughs> burn the bookstore I, you know. <laughs> So um, the children's book author went in a different direction. Yeah. Yes, I can well, imagine. So, so Dennis, uh, Dennis, and Greg need to depart. Oh because yeah, there is a, uh, a private backers game right. that they need to uh, they need to host. So they're going to skip out of here. 
And uh, thank you very much, guys, for coming. And Scott and I. That's mine. Um, but you can find them at uh, booth 623 with Arc Dream and at booth, what, which one is it from Monty? Do you remember the number? Uh, 1935. 1935 for Monty Cook Games. Dennis is over there. Yeah. And uh, all right. And then Scott and I have a few more minutes that we can kind of hang out and answer answer questions that we can answer. or uh, If indeed we can answer shot. any question. We, we yeah. appear to be losing some people, though. Clearly we're not the popular ones. I know. Yeah. Yes, sir? Uh, so Thank you for not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Maybe I'm behind on this. I, I remember that there's uh, there's discussion about how you guys kind of update Delta Queen to 2010 as being back in the fold. Of, you know, yes. The um, we uh, because we were, there, the question was how uh, for for uh, how we updated uh, the organization of the conspiracy Delta Green for the 2010s for the for the modern era for really for the post 9/11 era. And the, 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 the debate always was, are we going to keep the original formula, which was successful for the 90s, uh, how are we going to balance that against the new realities of a post-9-11 world? And, and keep it tense and stressful yeah. by having that pressure of secrecy yeah. down on you. And um, uh, we eventually kicked around an idea that uh, while there would be a time when Delta Green is brought back into the fold, is established as a special access program. Uh, inside the Department of Defense, uh, there would still be people in Delta Green who went, no, fuck that, I'm not going to, we can't trust those guys. They, how do we know they're not really majestic? How do we know majestic's not still back there? That part where they fell apart, it's like the USSR. They're faking it. You know, they're laying low until they can take over. I'll so, text you. So plenty of guys didn't come in. And then that creates a situation where people who are with the uh, program faction, the programmers, uh, maybe they're roughly handled by some of their assignments, and they hear this bedtime story that, you know there's guys who didn't come in from the cold. There's these cowboys who are out there still doing the good fight. Maybe we should go find them and see if they're doing it better. Meanwhile, the guys who are over in the cowboy faction are, you know, I'm really tired of wrecking my car and having to pay the deductible every time a shoggoth jumps on us. Maybe we should go talk to the guys in the program, and then we can get stealth helicopters, and it'll be great. So there's those two camps. They still exist. Uh, there is the question of are people changing sides to infiltrate? Can you trust the members of your team? Do you have different objectives? The uh, cowboys burn everything down. Every once in a while the program goes, yeah, you should bring that back. Somebody's going to look at it. Who? Who will be looking at it? Top men. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we, and we, we need to set that aside so it can be a future scenario. So, um, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, uh, so there's, there's the tension between the two methods of dealing with the same problem and of course the you know the problem with the cowboys is they have well the advantage they have no oversight but they have no budget and they have no defense in depth they have no resource to call on the problem with the program is um they have to, like any bureaucracy they have to show results to justify their continued patronage by the department of defense what counts as a result in a situation where you're dealing with the unnatural Oh, we got in there and we made sure the gate didn't open and nothing happened. Okay, and you know, where's our where's our recovered intelligence? You know, where's our where's our recovered technology? Where's our uh, biological samples? What do you got for us? And everything that they're doing is more under more likely to be under a microscope. But every mission that you or operation that you undertake, 
if you're playing in that framework, is um, potentially actually exposing more people to the things that you're trying to actually trying to uh, to obscure. So the the sources of tension and terror are kind of a little a little different between the two modes, and it's entirely up to you as as the player or you know game master or whatever whoever however you make the decisions as to which one you want to play in. And we kind of envision long term campaigns potentially going both directions you know you could i could very easily see running a uh you know yeah sorry sorry about this guys um running it running a, a a program game and then as things start getting burned you know it uh or you sour goes on outside. the agenda that you're not allowed to look at um they're no they're going to be there at 4 30 yeah. So, so yeah. Those the others picked up theirs already. Okay. All right. And then one's for <coughs> yeah. All right, guys. Okay. Really quickly follow up. So, how do you guys envision, like, you know, the sort of how the campaign framework of a program game? Like, for example, do the um, agents still have to, you know, get a day job as a, you know, U.S. postal inspector? Well, the uh, the program is dipping into. Uh, <laughs> the program is going to be dipping heavily into the military side and the intelligence side uh, of of the federal law enforcement and intelligence spectrum. That community, um, there's not going to in the program. You're not going to see as many postal inspectors or forestry officers. Um, what you're going to see is uh, you know special operators and um, uh, intelligence professionals, uh, people working in, in or even you know contractors who work for uh, private enterprise that is contracted to, to the uh, Department of Defense. The one thing we kept the same was the idea that even though there's an organization that's there to deal with the unnatural, the unnatural is not happening all the time in obvious places. So there's not, um, not everyone's, you have a, you have a regular other job. All right. You have, you've been written onto the special access program, Delta Green, which gives you uh, access to the intel, and it means you are cleared to participate in operations related to that special access program. So, unlike the cowboys who still have to hide what they're doing from their supervisor, uh, when you're in the program, you just get the you, you don't have to have a burner phone, you don't have to have uh, a, 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 have a secret meeting behind a dumpster in order to get your mission, or pull that brick out of the wall and pull out the you know. There's none of that. You just get okay. Treviso, you have been assigned. Uh, you're leaving for this task force. Go. Your boss is not cleared to know what you're doing, and you'll be back whenever. All right. The program, every, every, everything's generally under the guise of it's it's a counterterrorism it's operation. It's some kind of terror. It's counter a counterterrorism training operation, and if your supervisor is not cleared for it, then your supervisor is not cleared for it. Well, and really good just has to lump it. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of Sakara that found Sakara that felt like being dragged into a, a, a Delta Green operation. That's good. So I haven't um, seen that yet, that's so basically how it's set up in the program. The program has a lot of advantages. The problem is again, uh, uh, unlike the old style cell operation, you know, where you were told to fix a problem and everyone kind of agreed that fixing a problem meant burning the motherfucker to the ground, you know, and, and just salting the earth. Uh, how to resolve problems is going to be different with the program. They're going to, there's going to be pressure to want to understand what the problem is. It may not, and it's going to be coming not just from your, your, uh, your superiors, but from people outside the program. You know, the program. I'm not. I'll leave out the details, but the program has delivered some 
advantages via the unnatural to our government. And uh, the problem with having done that in order to become the program is the next question is, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the next goodie that you can make happen? That was cool. What else you got? Uh, and so there's going to be, there's always going to be pressures to try and find out, gee, that, how did that work? How do you make a guy's head blow up from across, you know, the continent? That would be really handy, wouldn't it? Um, you know, so uh, the program has, again, it's, it's, it's distinct advantages, but also distinct disadvantages. Uh, the, the, the real question is what sort of what what kind of what kind of game do you want to be playing yeah. in, and which which direction do you want the the stressors to be coming from? Yeah. There was a question down here. Uh, yeah, uh, just in context of like you know Call of Duty and like the modern era and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's always divided up into like you know the various segments of like you say the unnatural and everything like that. Um, Obviously, the outer gods, stuff like that, are still going to be huge sanity hitters and stuff like that. But being operating in the era of, like, say, the mid-2000s, our time and stuff like that, where we're, you know, the concepts of, you know, archaeology, oh, crap, there's stuff that's possibly out there, you know. The universe is no longer, like, this whole, like, not abstraction, but, like, scary place of the 1920s. Now we're in the area of, like, crashed alien ship is no longer going to be a a sanity-ripping event. It's like... That is, is the it, is crashed alien <laughs> ship that you're imagining. The one that you're comfortable imagining. All right? That's what's going to be easy to handle. Um, I have read all about gunshot wounds. I've never experienced one. And when I am shot, uh, all my reading previous on the topic is not going to help. So... That, that's what I. That's the big thing about. Well, we're not like the 1920s. Everyone doesn't think that you know there was a flood and that you know um, uh, the earth and mankind is the center of the universe created by a benevolent God. Except that a shocking percentage of Americans do still do. Um, so uh, the idea that we are now comfortable yeah, with the concept that we're all of, too jaded with the to to, to be scared by. By Lovecraftian terrors, you know that 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 doesn't hold much water no, with me. Uh, I, but that's I, our challenge: is making sure that we convey no, that in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we. Right. I mean, we, we all like to imagine that that we that we're so that we're so uh, sophisticated that we would totally hold it together in the face of things that are really bizarre. Just and simple that we've sci-fi only concepts like aliens. Just and, a simple uh, concept yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not convinced. Yeah. We're. No, no it's just like more of just handle that in the campaign and make it realistic for them. They are like post-era Yeah. Post-Star well, Trek. Post- like, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're alien movie. Sure. That kind of thing. I mean, I, the mythos is still scary. It's just like bringing it to your players where, like, yeah, smash. Well, certainly as far as the mythos goes, the, one of yeah. the big aspects in the, in the uh, RPG book, I keep wanting to call it the control off, the case officer's book, but yeah. um, there's going to be a section the, the on... The handworst chapters, let's call There's going to be a, a section on... So, again, our, the mythos that we're going to be pulling is from the stories, not from the Call of Cthulhu RPG. All right? So we're going back to the original stories... Um, we're going to go if you've memorized Malleus Monstrorum that, that's brilliant for you but that won't help first of all the critters are going to be different and second of all there's going to be a section for how to modify the problem 
So it again is even less like something that the players have encountered before. So as far as, you know, oh, good at the mythos again, we all know deep ones, that'll be fine. Uh, that's not going to work out quite the same way as it might have in, 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 a, in a traditional Call of Cthulhu game. Yeah, it's basically like conceptually breaking down the more mundane aspects of right. the mythos. The servitor races, which are basically more advanced than humanity. They're, just, they're aliens. Yeah, uh, if if I understand what you're getting at, I think the the challenge is kind of a game mastering challenge, right? I mean, you're you ought to be able to build an entire scenario that's absolutely horrifying around around a single deep one. It's called creature from the black lagoon. Let's say, yeah, Um, around a single single whatever Migo Night Gaunt, yeah. right? What's, think of something that's goofy ass and silly and Lovecraftian, and and you need to be able to build a scenario that's terrifying around that. All right, now, yeah, physically, a single deep one, we can kill a single deep one without too much trouble. So the challenge is not can we defeat the deep one in combat. The challenge is how do we get the deep one in combat, and that needs to be the challenge before that even needs to be. How do we figure out what the hell we're even dealing with, you know? And then show the consequences of you're not knowing how to how to corner that deep one and destroy it. The deep one needs to be murdering and raping and doing horrible things to people all over the place that terrify your characters and make them feel like if they go out at night alone while they're chasing this thing, that they're going to be at risk of that happening to me because I'm just playing a human being, and I may have a 60% firearm skill, but so did he, you know? Um, and, so, and so the challenge, you need to kind of key the way that you're delivering the scares to the players to what they're up against, and make sure that you do that in lots of layers and at every opportunity and really explore the space of it's, what this threat is capable of doing to them by showing it. Even back in traditional 6th, uh, 7th edition Call of Cthulhu, the... the, the, the the people always complain that the, some, you know, I hear a lot of complaints the monsters are too fragile, but that's only if you let the monsters go hey diddle diddle right at the middle and run right at the players while they're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, deep ones. Why should you ever let a deep one get out of the water? You know, um, how am I going to how am I going to use my Barrett fifty sniper rifle in scuba gear? You know, you always uh, use the environment against the players. Why should a Biaki ever land? Why shouldn't it just you know, uh, pull you off the ground in the dark. It's not like it makes noise like a car approaching. You know, there's all kinds of ways these creatures can still be scary uh, if you just uh, if you just uh, uh, don't pr- turn them into a dungeon. Yeah, there, there, there's a there's a recent and and enormously and well deservedly so popular Netflix series that you could interpret as being one long protracted encounter with a dimensional shambler. Bingo. And um and it's good and spooky. You know, um. So yeah, there's there's uh, there's plenty let's, of let's ways. Let's spare Agent Treviso here. He's yeah. he's clearly. I all right. I, I had to, I had was I, was I not coy enough? <laughs> I, I apologize. All right, I'll sh- I'll shut the fuck up about. I, I had to binge that. it because I knew this place would be full of spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I was trying. Yeah. All right. So so there we go. Well. Yeah. yeah. All right. So did did that help you at all? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I think what you... My, That's what I, the what worst I re- idea ever. Yeah, what I recommend, <laughs> I recommend you just address like address that squarely, bring that forward, and make that part of the thing is 
you all think you're so competent, right? You all think you understand what's going on, and then make it your, as if you're running the game, that, that needs to be your mission of, of, of demonstrating how wrong they are. I mean, in, after in all, our, 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 our gray aliens turned out to be fucking meat puppets. Right. You know, um, that was our anticipation. And the Migo showed us what we expected, a silver disc with little gray dudes in it, because that's how they knew that the monkeys, the slightly more advanced bonobos, were going to react well to something that was bilaterally it's, symmetrical. It's vulnerable to lightning. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we came across intergalactic space, and we got taken out by <laughs> AC volts. Yeah, <laughs> sure we did. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, you use, that, use that confidence against your players is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, sir. Phenomenax. Uh huh. Is there anything going on with them? Oh sure, yeah. yeah. There's T-shirts. Yeah. Who, did, who was it? Was it? I think it was. Is is Chris Huth here? He may have. He may have had to skip out for for Pelgrane. He I was talking to him last year about this. But but uh, okay. So yeah, yeah. Well, you have Phenomenax T-shirts down at the at the at the booth. They're a podcast now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically the uh, the 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 nutshell for Phenomenax is the the cable TV series eventually kind of withered on the vine you know and died and they went through a few iterations of trying to trying to move it to the web where all the hip kids were and and you know and 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 it kind of gradually just kind of just kind of faded out but what survived was a version of it that's essentially a youtube channel and a web and a a website that's you know and and they um and they're kind of Keeping on now by encouraging users to upload their own videos under the tag the the P, the PX Penumbra. We even have a logo. Hashtag. PX Penumbra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and um, and so uh, so and we've got a website that we're that we're that we're still working on uh, on getting online to, to bring that all to bring some of that together. So uh, so yeah, so it's out there and it's uh, and that's that's a way to. Um, that's a way to keep keep that irritation um, in front of your and certainly in, front, in front of your agents. Whether you want to have you know an old fashioned news crew and camera and and what's her name Sonia Dewey around, um, or if you just want to have uh, some college student playing Pokemon Go who then flips his phone around to record what your agents are doing. And certainly, it's a, it's a way to demonstrate to your players uh, the fact that. Uh, the idea that there is a, a complete blackout on this material is it, there isn't. It's just that it's not going anywhere. It can't. Yeah. It doesn't seem to gain any traction. And, and, if, and if it does seem to gain traction, that's, that's your job, buddy. Yeah. You go deal with that. That's the moment you start sending the fake. I would love the scenario where the players are are are, are, are assigned to like dress up in a bigfoot suit and make <laughs> right. make videos to send yeah. into phenomena. Right. So they you, you they can end either, up. Yeah, you can either discredit this kid or you can kill this kid. Which yeah. is you're gonna? Which one are you gonna do? What are my bonds looking like right about now? Right. Okay, I go with discredit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One more hit and the wife divorces me. So uh-huh. let's let's go ahead and. And just make him look stupid by by sending him a video that can be taken apart, not by Delta Green, but just by that mass of people on the internet who are all ready to jump in and tell you how oh, wrong yeah. it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anybody else? I love the How's that against it? I love the bombs. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. It, it was that was that was interesting. That I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you were participating in the play tests, the different iterations of the rules as we went along. So you you may have seen the the ways that. That rule, those rules kind of evolved, you know. So originally they were a little more. They were originally they were a little more abstract, and it was more kind of motivations and what makes you tick, you know. And then we kind of 
kind of realized as we went that that needed to be way more specific, you know, and and way and and to feel a little more potent and to relate that to relationships, not just to you know um, how how well do I love truth, justice in the American way, but but um, what is what is my what are, what is my action as a Delta Green agent going to do to my relationship with my wife when I go home? Right, the, and the, that felt a lot more potent than the, the classic uh, yeah. you know uh, Call of Cthulhu player uh, who's apparently um, you know an orphan raised by ninjas who died, right. um, <laughs> and and you yeah. know and has no has no no yeah. no uh, friends, no girlfriend, no wife is a confirmed bachelor, but not in a gay way, and you know <laughs> and is completely isolated. So there's nothing that the the keeper. You know, what? The nothing the keeper can possibly use as leverage against me. No child that can be kidnapped. Yeah. No dog that's in danger. Nothing. I am. I am an island. You know. <laughs> you want to be that? Fine. You're rust coal. From yeah. Fucking, exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, and what do you have? You have no bonds. And so every time you lose sanity, that's just coming off of you, buddy. Yeah. You've got nothing to support you. So that's so that's that's hundred percent an option, but it's there's downsides. Be Marty. Don't be rusty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What else? What else? Questions, Anybody? ideas, things you want to hear about. Back of the room, Anything? side yes, of the room. Sir. So this is more of a GM question, but my players are at like they're very reluctant to like dig into those bonds. Yeah. They're like they rather take the hits. It might be okay. All of them are new to the system. Yeah. But well, like, just you know, I think the only thing is is, is you may want to just communicate out of character the the bonds mechanically. Those are your buffer to prevent you from going insane when you lose too much sanity. All right. So, mm-hmm. when, when as you lose sanity, if you lose a ton of sanity in one hit, obviously you're going to go temporarily insane, right? Um, or if you just lose accumulated sanity, you're going to eventually get close to the breaking point. And when you hit that, even if it's a single point, if it crosses you into over that threshold, then after the scenario, you're going to pick up an indefinite, you know, a, a disorder, and it's going to stick with you. And some of those are really debilitating. So. Make sure that they know that using those, burning those bonds points is the way that you keep your character under your control, right? And at that point, if, the, if a player is making a knowing choice that I'd rather keep this resource for later and burn my own health now, then okay, that's an option. That's, that's certainly a valid option. Um, but yeah, I think that's the main and thing. Just communicate that. That's the essence of what they're there for mechanically is to give... That's like the one, the one sop that we make towards allowing players to have any control over, over their, their character's universe. Certainly in these one-shots at a con, everyone's like, you know, whatever, wife and kids, i got to get through the scenario. They'll, yeah. They yeah. just treat their bonds as a blad of, you know, yeah, yeah, a sanity a, armor. A sanity armor, right. Yeah. And that's what they're there for, and it, that's, that's legitimate, too. Um, in lo- where they really kind of shine is in long-term games, right? Where you're returning your characters if you have, a, you know, when you have characters that survive a few missions, you, and you see their bonds evaporating, um, and you're playing out those vignettes, you know, before each each uh, each mission to see what what your character's life looks like now, um, you know. But if a character's not burning any bond points and they're just losing sanity instead, then okay, play that. That'll be interesting too. Yep. It's a really nice way of flushing out the character because normally, you know, you get shot. The DM says that you've been shot. Uh-huh. That's a nice. Everybody can figure that. But the the, the burning with bonds and mechanic bonus happens there and then. But you don't have to give a response to the keeper as to what's happening. You can, you can talk to your player, work it out. And yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. straight to a random table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Well, I think we ought to wrap up pretty soon. Any 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 last There's uh, no burning more questions? There's no more questions. We at, are closing at, uh, at eight o'clock tonight. We're having another seminar, which is going to be themed more particularly toward running the game as a game master, towards scenarios, and uh, and that kind of thing. So that'll be here in Crown Plaza in Conrail. I think is the room for that at eight. Mm-hmm. So um, so by all means, join us. And thank you very much for coming, everyone.